Hello and welcome to Spooptober on the Grindhouse Girls podcast. This month we'll be focusing on some Halloween films to Hallow stream this spooky season. But of course, we'll be discussing all things spoopy, scary, and strange. As usual, we'd like to warn our listeners that some things that we discuss due to their graphic nature may be disturbing and listener discretion is advised. But for those of you who would like to be spooked out, keep listening and on to the podcast. Hey there, this is Katie. And hi, I'm Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast. And this week, we hope you are ready for a full moon because we're covering the 2000 uh, grungy werewolf horror comedy dramedy Ginger Snaps. Yeah. Which has a double meaning. It does, yeah. I I like that. I like those type of names. So I do too. Like once you think about it and you see the movie, you're like, oh, Ginger Snaps. Oh, cute. Also, while I was trying to look up research for this movie, it kept just bringing me, like, recipes for the cookie. And I was like, no, I know how to make that. It's the movie. So, uh, yeah, this this is a fun one. It, and it actually does take place on Halloween. And it's one that is very female-centric, even though it was directed by a man. Um, but it's actually a, a super cool movie. And it was kind of ahead of its time. Uh, in the 2000s where there were a lot of slasher flicks like Scream, which I love Scream, which the new one is coming out in January, but it was unique and ahead of its time. Uh, how are you doing, Britt? Um, I'm, I'm okay. I can't complain. I'm tired. I love this month. It's my favorite month of the year, but I also consistently always say busy during this month, yes. so it feels like every other day there's somewhere to go or someplace to be or someone to see, but... I mean, I, I can't complain. How about you? How are you feeling? I'm okay. I'm a little stressed out this week. Uh, speaking of this movie, I'm feeling like TMI, but I'm totally PMSing this week. I don't think anyone will care if I say that. And I am like super moody, but I'm okay. It kind of works for this movie because that's a big part of this movie. And also, like, I got to wear my little tattoo necklace that I found at literally at Target, like, five years ago. And I was like, oh, my God, they've returned. Because I used to wear one with uh, blue rhinestones to school every day um, with my Catholic school cross, you know, because you got to have that, too. Um, And and I was wearing flannel because this movie takes place in Canadia. And, um, not to be confused with the beautiful cat Canada. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, everyone's wearing flannels because it's 1999, 2000 when this movie was filmed. Uh, but it's too hot for that because it's still 85 degrees in Alabama. And all I want to do is wear sweaters. Both Britt and I separately ended up going to pumpkin patches this last weekend. And I had to wear a t-shirt. And you were wearing a long skirt. And how did you not die? Because you looked beautiful in pictures. Uh, it was really, really hot. And so, and I got uh, roped into it last minute. Because we made some plans with friends that weren't, like, finalized. And then I ended mm-hmm. up texting my husband going, hey, do we? Is this going on today? And then our friends were like, yeah, this is going on today. I'm like, oh, shit. Um, so I have this dress, and it's actually like a handkerchief dress and a spaghetti yeah. strap. And when, as you know, when you got 
bigger uh, breast cysts. Um, it it doesn't mm-hmm. always bold well to wear a strapless bra. So Absolutely I almost not. always, yeah, exactly. So it's like I have this really cute dress, but I almost always put like a little black t-shirt or a little light yeah. cardigan over it. So yeah. it wasn't my legs that were hot, it but it was like my shoulders and my chest were hot. And then hot, your armpits I mean, are just trying to sweat you out of existence because they're like why are you so hot it's like because it shouldn't be 85 in october because we just want to wear sweaters and boots and it's not fair but this summer was way cooler than the past summers have been so i feel like we're paying for it now unfortunately i will say i do have one thing to my advantage and i was telling a friend this this past week i was like so I was like, I'm not a small girl. I'm not a heavy girl. I'm very average person, have a very average build. But somehow I was made for, like, concerts. And so, like, when I was a teenager, I was always outside during, like, Warp Tour and Project Revolution. And I never passed out. It's like I'd be burning up, but I right. would just, like, retain water and never pass out. Yeah. So to this day, I could just be out in the heat all day. I'm not comfortable, but yeah. I can withstand it. So I do have – we have a little bit of housekeeping. Not yes. a ton. But as I was editing last week, so I I had to cut some of this for time because we because we had to split up recording sessions because my house flooded last week, which by the way, it's fine if y'all were worried. It's it's cool. I got a shop back this weekend, so and more puppy pads. I am prepared. Yay. Um they will save your house in a flood, I promise you. So uh I had messed up the names Billy and Charlie. I mixed up the two little kids on the Principal Wilkins storyline and so we started calling correctly the child in a pirate costume chip and then at some point we like brit called him pete and then i assumed that i was wrong because i had messed up the other kids names so badly and i like wrote i wrote them down incorrectly that's how stupid i felt so i was just like i must be wrong too so then we both started calling him like pirate pete and his name is chip but it was really funny. Like the thing is, like I, I, we didn't catch it. So sorry, the guy that played Chip. Um, and also, at some point, I think we called Principal Wilkins Principal Wilkinson. But I think Wilkinson, everyone got the point. Yeah. Um, and the yeah. other thing was apparently I meant to say Principal Wilkins was rendered immovable, but Stephanie said that we said that the girls beat him up. Which I maybe said that I, I probably did say that because. I think I was just like, well, somehow he gets beaten up, but he fell out of a tree. So, <laughs> uh, and me, I was like, I was like, he, I was like, he, he fell out of a tree. Lori beat him up, and then yeah. our 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 dedicated friend and listener Stephanie was like, because she's seen trick or treat as many times as I have, which is an ungodly right. amount. She's like, he wasn't beaten up, and I was like, I know that. I thought we corrected that. Well, so, I guess because uh, he gets. <laughs> massacred right of spoilers massacred right afterwards i just in my brain was like yeah it all happens around the same time so it's basically the same thing because i've only seen it three times so i'm not as it's yeah. not like a Which movie is still a lot of times. times what you, you did you did i said still it's still a good amount of times you've seen it and yeah. sometimes i think i think we i think it's natural especially when it's a moment that's exciting too because the moment it's one of the most talked about moments in the movie of what comes afterwards. I think you're yeah. kind of ready to get to that point. I was point. like, let's um, get to so this part. So that somehow I just deciding. was like, they beat him up, or uh, I don't know, somehow he can't move. So, I don't know how, I don't remember how I said it, but I remember thinking, I was like, I don't, did he do that? But I didn't have time to go back. Sorry, y'all. 
My house flooded. I had to do all this stuff this weekend. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I just feel bad that I've literally seen Trick or Treat ten times, and I still call poor Chip Pete. And then, like, I'm hilarious. like, wait, why is this child named Pete in my head? Again. But, yeah. That is, Pete is a super common name. I hear that name all the time. I never hear the name Chip, except that I, I personally know, like, a Chip. I, I don't, I like, how many children are really called Chip? Except for Chip the teacup you know that's what i think of when i hear chip yeah yeah beast. but that was i think that was, was there any more housekeeping did we no i think i think that covered it because i of course okay. i was gonna just bring up that for some reason i called poor mr wilkins wilkinson a few times god knows why but it well happens. and basically <laughs> after i messed up billy charlie so badly which i tried to keep some of it in because it was funny but like i kept messing it up so i had to cut some of it out because i was just like this is just repetitive but i just figured i was misremembering everything once i screwed up theirs at the beginning um also by the way quinn lord apparently actually saw our Yay! post sam himself. sam himself yeah i was like oh thanks dude like, I, I, I try to, like, I also tagged Anna Paquin, who did not like it yet. Jeez, Anna Paquin. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I really like Anna Paquin a lot as an actor. I don't really know her as a person, but uh, Sookie will always be one of my favorite characters. Um, but anyways, um, did you watch anything, Britt? Because I did. I, I actually finished Squid Games. Uh, Me that's too! pretty much Oh my god. And I marathoned has- it as I was doing artwork. I I finished it. I don't want to tell you. I want to surprise you. I finished it like on Tuesday night. Our friend Samantha literally said, because uh, she, she's like, have you watched Squid Games? And I was like, I'm on episode five. And she goes, oh my god, don't look at the TikTok I sent you until you finish <laughs> the series. I was like, okay. Um, but I will say this, not spoiler alert. So Katie, now that you finished it, Episode wow. six was the episode that I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking quit this series. I was so angry, so irate. And then, Which not spoilers. Episode. I'm looking six, it up because I gotta remember what happens on episode six. Um, I'll just say marble. Oh yeah, that really upset me. I, uh, one of the characters. I well, I kind of always thought they were gonna be an asshole, but I was. Pissed yeah. about it, but I loved the thing with the the two Gambu. The no, 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 the Gambu thing. Yes, I love that. But the other, the third group of people, I really thought. Oh that yeah, was sweet. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like it nice. Was. And then a couple episodes later, I was like, ah, jeez. So yeah, it, it ended up okay. Did you like the ending? I, I okay. That's what I was about to say. So the ending actually. uh retracted some of my feelings I had about that episode six. And I think you know why. Yes. Well, the very, very end pissed me off. Yeah. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Also, the red hair was a mistake. Like, I got it. Oh, Taylor said the same thing. thing. Taylor said, really? Really? I said, you can't get any more different than that. Like, if you're one of a different person. Is that, I mean, I've seen K-pop bands, but I don't, I don't know if I would go that red. Most of them are, like, strawberry red. But anyways, um, but all in all, I'm glad I watched it. I will say, I think because I've been exposed to things like The Hunger Games, and I know about Battle Royale, and I don't think it shocked me as much as, like, the general populace, but I really liked it. Um, 
a lot. I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad it was, like, only nine episodes. Seven episodes? No, nine episodes. Seven was Midnight Mass. Um, yeah. But I, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad we both have seen it. We can talk about it non-spoilery. Um, there's something else we both saw. Tatan. Yeah, last week. that's true. Oh, oh and yeah. it is uh, France's submission to the Oscars, which I am keeping my fingers crossed because I really, 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 really loved it. How did you feel about it, Britt? I really liked it. Um, I will say this. If... <laughs> You know me, I'm an Academy <laughs> snob. So I'm like, I could definitely see it nominated, possibly. Uh, not winning No Chance in Hell is way oh, too I weird. Oh, I hope it does. It's so oh, good. it's too weird. It's too I don't weird. fucking... I want it to win, though. I thought Promising Young Women was weird, too, but... And it was nominated, still, but it didn't win. Well, it it did win. It won screenplay. It won screenplay, but not Best Picture. So, but this is I, just international already, feature. This is international feature. So yeah, so yeah, nothing. I think film. it could win international feature unless something else comes weird. out of the woodwork. Well, nothing else has really been as popular except Lamb's well, getting some fair traction, which we're going to see is, in a couple days. Well, here and this is this is my big thing, and Katie knows better than it. Katie knows better than probably anyone how big I am when it comes to the Oscars. So yeah. we, we don't know of everything yet because things really start picking up in November and December. So yeah. we're, we're going to see these other foreign films come out of the woodwork probably November, December, and January. Um, and the Oscars are scheduled, I think, for the first weekend of April, if I'm remembering correctly. So we got some time before we see some of these other foreign films. I know I was texting Katie um, and saying uh, Drive My Car is Japan's submission. So I haven't seen it yet. It hasn't been really stateside. Yeah. But uh, Japanese films tend to fare very well in the foreign film category just from the past. I saw the trailer and it looked really basic. And I don't, it might just be the trailer looks really basic. Yeah. Because I don't know how advertising for movies differs in Japan versus the U.S. So it could be that maybe they do an A24 thing where they make it look one way and it's actually a different way. But I would be interested to see it because generally speaking, I like Korean and Japanese cinema. Um, so we're not going to spoil Tatan, but it is very rough. It is not, it's very graphic in many different ways. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to have already seen her, uh, Julie DeCorno, her mm -hmm. first film, Raw. And so I was kind of prepared for the graphic nature. And I, I think I told Brit, but it's very different to be like, oh, it's graphic because everyone has a different level than to like actually experience that specific director's graphicness. By the way, Itchy the Killer is back on streaming, so uh, I will oh, definitely nice. be watching that soon because that's the other one that's supposed to be super graphic. But we both squirmed a lot during this movie. Yeah, and I will say two things about Tatan, um, and they're not really spoilery. Uh, yeah. So the first thing is, is that I told Tate, uh, Katie, so this is the opening, like, probably within the first eight, nine minutes of the movie, <laughs> there is, it's not really a strip, it's not really a strip scene, because she doesn't undress, but it is, like, erotic a dance. Da it's an erotic dance sequence, and I'm like, this was worth the price of admission alone. Like, I'm not just being honest, like, about it. Also, Brent so, was like, this is the coolest strip club, or whatever this is, I've ever seen in my entire life, because everything is on top of a car, and I was yeah. like, I can't tell if it's supposed to be a club or if it's just a car, like, show. And this is just how they do it in Europe because it's in France. I was like, I don't know what they do for car shows. Because it kind of seemed like a car show because everyone was walking around and, like, 
But then people were also, I think, getting, I couldn't, they were getting autographs and stuff. I was very confused. Yeah, she had fans. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, there are people that, like, that's their professional job is to show cars. Like, they're car models. But I think in the States, it tends to be a more family-friendly environment because, like, people take their kids there. Whereas, so it's just, like, a cute girl, like, just standing there where this one is more, like, I don't know, it's obviously adults only. Um, But it was, I really liked it. It is very weird. Uh, I ran into a, a friend, hey, Borden, um while uh and jason uh, i ran in a couple people i used to work with and they're both have really good movie opinions and because i've talked with both of them about movies before and so like i trust their opinions borden said goodbye to me as we were leaving and he was like i hated it but i want to hear what you think and i was like i totally get it because like it's one of those movies i feel like some people are gonna watch it and be like i loved it um, but I think some people are going to be like, this was way too much. And I just absolutely hate this because, it, yeah. you know, and I don't think it, I don't think anyone could say it's a bad, it's a really well-made movie. It looks gorgeous. Um, and I think that's probably why I liked it so much because it just looked so interesting. Um, but it is, I was, uh, the tension never leaves the film. Yeah. And that's why I enjoyed it so much because there is something about, the main character, which I won't spoil here because I didn't know this going into it. And that was a twist I didn't expect. It happens at the beginning. But there's things that the main character does that it happens once and you're like, okay, that was acceptable because of this situation. And then it keeps happening and you're like, okay, this is kind of unacceptable and I don't trust you anymore. And then for the rest of the movie, every time that character interacts with someone – there's a tension because you don't know how this interaction is going to end. And I yeah. love that. I love because like you're just like, ooh, and it's not like an unreliable narrator, it's just like an unpredictable narrator, which I like. And the a other lot. thing is other thing is, and this isn't really spoiler, but the movie is very clearly defined into two halves. The first yeah. being like more of a uh almost like not erotic horror, thriller. But more like more like body horror, um yeah. thriller. And then the second half of the movie is definitely more family drama or familiar drama. Yes. Um, but so it still has the body horror, like, element. But it's yeah, quieter. Not quite the same. I don't feel like you yeah. squirm in your seat as much the second half that you see the first half. Yeah. And it, it, it ends interestingly. The character actually kind of changes throughout the movie. Yeah. So it would have been one thing if they didn't change. It would have been like, I hate this character. But they do kind of change. Several of the characters do, and I was like, oh, this is, I, I, and I really liked Raw, and Raw is back on Netflix, so if you guys want to see Raw, it's on Netflix, I'm sure we will be covering it, because I know I'm going to pick it at some point, um, but I highly recommend going and seeing Tatan, um, yeah, if it's locally there, I know it made over a million dollars already, and, oh, and it was awesome. only in, like, art houses, it wasn't even getting a big release, and Lamb has made a million dollars, too, and that is apparently the biggest Icelandic, <laughs> u.s opener um ever so um that's good i think a24 kind of did that so i'm excited to see lamb this weekend because i'm i'm that one's gotten more like buzz than yeah and and i'm really excited to see lamb too and i i i have some ideas of what's going on because of the trailer and i think anyone who's seen the trailer has some ideas (laughs) but i will just say fun fact so um they say the main character is very, um, 
is very believably portrayed for puppetry and children actors, which I think already oh, kind of cool. creeps me out. And it's yeah. really cool. <laughs> um, but I, I, I had seen, um, I seen a friend post on Facebook that he had saw Lamb. Um, and I happened to ask him, I said, without spoilers, would you agree it's A24 weirdest film? And he said no, because there's a lot of familiar themes that you see in other A24 films. He's like, if we're talking about the weirdest A24 films, I'm going to have to say Under the Skin is still the weirdest. So I was yeah, like, it, okay. Under the Skin is enough. bizarre. I feel like yeah. this one looks more like it has a narrative structure, whereas yeah. Under the Skin was like an experience. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in a nightmare. But, like, yeah. a really long one, because it kind of lulls you. The music, too, is, like, I want to fall asleep. And then all of a sudden, like, you get into Record the black scratch. room. And you're like, oh, okay, no, I'm not asleep anymore. Um, the books, I did finally finish Under the Skin, the book. It was good. It was, it wasn't, it's not super long. I listened to it on audio, too. So I didn't actually uh, listen to it. But, yeah, uh, we'll tell you if you should see Lamb or not. If we do Tatan, which I think we could because there's a lot to talk about, we're going to wait till it's streaming because I know it's super limited right now. And I feel like it's not like Clay Zombies where I know it's going to be streaming in like a month and that is like different. I feel like this one, it's like, yeah, I don't know when. So I don't want to, we don't want, and we only got to see it once. So yeah. we like to see things more than once if we can. Um, I did watch two new horror movies real quick. Um, not a ton to say about them. Uh, but not bad. There's one that's new on Netflix and it's called There's Someone Inside Your House. And it's kind of, did you watch it? No, but Sam watched it, really liked it and told me I need to watch it. It, um, it's not amazing, but it was different, but also it was super predictable. Like I called the killer in like the first like 20 minutes, but the way it's done is interesting and it's very it's very similar to like a scream like or i know what you did last summer it's a lot of kids getting killed and it's a little the thing it's a little bit about that teen dialogue that's maybe too cool like the kids are maybe too cool and too relevant but it's not insufferable i feel like they they took some direction from the actual children playing the parts um but it's actually i liked it a lot um and I would say it's, like, unique enough to, like, watch it on Netflix. If it was in theaters, I would have said, like, eh, it's okay. But it's it's decent. I didn't mind it. Um, I didn't feel like I wasted my time watching it. But, like, after I watched it, it was kind of forgettable. I was like, oh, wait, what happened? I don't even remember. So, <laughs> but it's good. Like, I would say it's worth the Netflix watch. Um, the other thing I watched was VHS 94. Oh, awesome. I, I've only seen VHS, and I know there was a, there's VHS 2, um, mm. but it came on Shudder, and uh, Stephen Kostansky, uh, Kus- yeah, Kostansky, Psycho Goreman director, Stephen, he directed a, like, fake commercial in the middle of it, and it was really funny, and so I was like, oh, he did part of it? So, and it's really cool because they've got, like, a director from Japan does a segment. I really like their segment. Um, The budget is pretty small, so it relies, the movie relies a little in parts because it's four different um, director, five different segments, I'm sorry. 
think it's four or five different segments and with different directors. So one or two of them relies a little too heavily on CGI. Like it's a little, like it, and it's cheaper CGI because obviously it's a smaller budget. Whereas the ones that are like practical are good. But, uh, uh, Simon Barrett, who wrote your next directs one of the segments. Oh, that's awesome. And I loved his. And it was a very interesting story, um, that takes place in a funeral home. And the only, the only one I really remember from the first one is the um, amateur night one, which everyone said was like the best one. And so I know I watched that one, and I kind of skimmed through the rest of it because it, none of them were like kind of grabbing me. I might go back and watch the first one because I might feel differently now. Um, but I really liked it, and again, like it wasn't super long, and they're all short, contained stories within a framing device. The ending was kind of dumb, but, like, it wasn't, like, the dumbest. It was, like, uh, in the world of VHS, it makes sense. And everything has kind of, like, it's a little 90s nostalgia. So, it was good, though. I liked it. And, again, I think it's worth a stream. That's awesome. Anyways, that's enough movie talk, I guess. Uh, again, we're going to watch Land this weekend, so we'll let you guys know. I guess it's time to talk about this week's movie. I'm excited. Yes. I I am too. I am too. And I didn't know if you wanted to tell us a little bit about the directing and the writing team or how you were feeling. I've got a little bit. I got a little bit of some background. Um, So I will say Ginger Snaps is a movie that I've heard about like my entire childhood pretty much. But it was a movie that I could never find. But I always heard about it. And so I was always curious about this movie because I knew it was two girls were the main characters and something about werewolves and something about puberty. And I thought it seemed really interesting, but I'd never actually sat down and watched it. And so the first like couple shows we filmed, somehow it got brought up. I think like I was like, I wonder if that'd be a good movie. And you were like, yeah, it's pretty good, but I haven't seen it in a while. And it happened to be streaming. And so I ended up watching it, and I was like, oh, this is so interesting. But I wanted to wait until, like, it was fall. So we we picked Behind the Mask out of my list last week, which I, last year, which I, is my, it's my trick-or-treat was Behind the Mask. So, you know, I, we did it, it was still streaming this year, and I was like, you know what, it takes place on Halloween, let's do it. And it's kind of a classic horror monster werewolves are pretty classic um so the cool thing about the creative team is that it was directed and partially written by john fawcett who um he's done a lot of really cool television series since this movie um he worked on xena warrior princess which love it or hate it was a big deal in the 90s and early 2000s uh, there's a series that I know about but haven't watched but looks really good called Lost Girl that he worked on. Um, and he also worked in The Man on the High Tower, which Quinn Lord from Trick or Treat was in recently. But both he and our other writer, Karen Walton, worked on the TV series Orphan Black, which is a superb science fiction TV series. It ended in 2017. Uh, Tatiana Mosley um, plays like six different characters. And uh, it is really good. I haven't seen all of it. I watched, like, the first two seasons, and I loved it. But getting back to Ginger Snaps, John Fawcett had wanted to do a metamorphosis movie about girls. Girls is the main characters. 
but uh, he knew he wanted a female perspective, and he knew that he couldn't provide that female perspective, so he asked Karen to help him with this project, and he, I think, started writing it in about 1995, but it didn't really come to fruition until the late 90s. And did you, you probably saw this in your research, so when he was bringing Karen on, she was super hesitant too, because she, I I disagree with this, but she equated a good horror film to being like a needle in a haystack, but she uh, thought horror as a genre was really misogynist, and she took a lot of convincing, and you know, that's where John had said, he's like, I want to do something different, I don't want to do the typical werewolf movie, um... So I thought that was really kind of interesting that he had to really persuade her to join on this project. During this time, like, it was harder to get your hands on films. Like, because you had to have a physical copy. It wasn't digital. So, like, I feel like maybe had she lived in this age, she probably would have had a different idea. Because you think about, like, Slumber Party Massacre, which was, like, what, 15 years before this? Mm -hmm. And it, it flipped the genre on its head, too. But I guess maybe it was few and far between. I don't know. I I tried to find interviews with her and could only find interviews with him, John Fawcett and the two main actresses. So um, I'm not really sure how she feels about it. She also worked on Orphan Black. And she she wrote the sequel, Ginger Snaps 2, because that was the weird thing. So this movie was like uh, at film festivals. And the, they kind of did this movie. It was very indie it was uh, filmed in Canada. They just started uh, showing this movie in film festivals. And, like, a couple years later, the two girls got, like, recognized on the street. Like, people were like, it's Ginger! It's Bridget! I love that movie! And they were like, wait, you guys saw that? Like, they, it kind of slowly became a cult classic. And then they got the funding to do two more movies. And they filmed them back to back and one was a sequel and one was a prequel now you you heard about that this was uh it was literally a nightmare for them to get ending funding though because of course it was right after columbine had happened and before 9-11 it was a very like very different time which was we were both kids during this time but it was very hard because there's a lot of violence towards teenagers yeah but it's mostly the teenagers perpetrating the violence. And I wonder if they had to change the script, like, for things to not happen at the school as much. Yeah. I just was like, I didn't even think about that when I was reading this movie. I, I, when, I, when we picked this movie, I knew it was made in 2000. And I didn't even think about Columbine being an issue that would literally yeah. stop this movie from getting funded. And a lot of people, I guess, like, my understanding is that when they heard it was being produced, there was a lot of back backlash yeah it was banned in some places it was banned in some places which is interesting because this movie is not it's gory but i wouldn't call it super super violent and i wouldn't say that it's pro-violence it's pretty anti-violence but it is very sardonic and very darkly comedic so before we get too far i think we need to give a little bit of a trigger warning for suicide and self-harm suicide is talked about a lot in this movie a lot a lot a lot and uh i will say it's a different time it's before mental health was really at the forefront of people's minds and society um so people there's like it's kind of a joke it's not really a joke 
But it's kind of like the girls kind of talk about it very lightly and they're obsessed with death and all things like that, which is kind of a normal child thing, like not child, but teenage thing. Um, But I just want to give a trigger warning because it is a lot in this one. And I don't want people who are going to be like affected by that to like go to this movie and like watch it and be like, wow, that's all they talked about for the entire film. Because that would be yeah. really not okay if it triggers you. So, um, there is no actual suicide in the movie, though. Technically. They just talk about it a lot. And maybe too they, lightly. Well, I and I think that I will say this. So, I think the girls are fully serious about it. But at the same yes. time, they're also teenagers. And this is not insult to teenagers. It's just more when you're a, a teenager and your brain is still mm-hmm. developing, you feel everything so much more passionately. Um, and I know we'll yep. get into that aspect as we discuss and the movie. Of course, that is why teenagers scare the living shit out of me because, Oh, quoting my chemical romance. So <laughs> that is a huge thing on TikTok now. And I love it. I was like, it, it's so funny because that I will say this as 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 the your um your neighborhood My Chemical Romance fan um <laughs> that is the that is the most random track on the Black Parade. So I mean, but I love that one. It's fun. It's fun. It's just really random. It's um. So I guess are are we ready to get into spoilers yeah, and absolutely. synopsis? I did absolutely. write a small synopsis. And this is a reminder, too, that uh, Ginger Snaps is on Shudder, IMBD, mm-hmm. and Tubi. I actually watched it on Tubi with commercials, um, but it, it was uncut. So, I mean, awesome. it wasn't edited. Um, but, yeah, with that being said, we are getting in spoiler territory. So, three, two, one. Uh, we are spoiling some shit now for you. So Spoiling <laughs> the shit out yes. of this movie. Hooray! Yes. <laughs> Um, yes. So, I do have a teeny tiny synopsis. I tried to be concise as possible. Okay. <clears throat> Two death-obsessed sisters experience the terror of puberty when one of them is attacked by a mysterious creature after experiencing the curse. Mm. Um, that's the movie. So, this movie opens. It's a very, like, macabre scene. I, lo- I kind of love the opening because it opens on this, like, tiny town called bailey downs and it's in canada and it's very suburban and you see this mom in a very fall autumnal thing uh she's like raking leaves and she sees her little kid in the sandbox and the audience sees a little kid wipe something that looks like blood on his face and look really confused and you're like what the fuck and she like goes up to her little kid and she's like hey honey and then she like realizes he's holding like a piece of an animal and she goes, okay, this, bo- I don't know if this bothered you, Britt, but it bothered me the second time I watched it. She goes to, like, an outside kennel, which I'm like, you live in Canada where it snows so hard. Like, I follow people on YouTube that, like, it snows in October there. Like, why is your dog in an outdoor kennel? That bothers me. I'm an indoor pet person, though. Well, Anyways, I it was a dog house. Like, a, not a dog kennel, just a dog house. Well, there was, like, a gate, too, so I figured, like, I was like, well, at least they had a locked gate for the yeah. dog. But I would not be okay with yeah. leaving Gizmo oh, no, I outside all night. Um, but anyways, their dog, Baxter, has been absolutely ripped apart, which is very sad. I, I don't think they said no animals harmed, but I assume everything's fake. I know they very, very much insisted on only practical effects. So I'm sure this is some sort of 
uh, practical effect. But it, yeah, it, for for us dog lovers, it's pretty gruesome. But yeah, it's very over dramatic too. Because the next thing you see is one of our main characters, Bridget, played by Emily Perkins, um, who's fifteen. So she she walks out at right after they discover the dog. She walks out of her garage with a bunch of like random sh- like a like a chainsaw and a. Bu- thing of gasoline and she watches as the mom and the little boy run out to the front yard and go they got our dog they got our baxter and she's like crying in the street and um there's a bunch of kids playing like street hockey and they're just kind of like oh who the fuck cares so bridget goes back inside to her other sister ginger played by katherine isabel who's 16 and she's like, Baxter's fertilizer and nobody seems to care. And you're like, oh, so sad. Apparently, there's a beast that's been killing everything. Um, yeah, and, and we, so, but what I was going to say is that, so we find out really quickly that apathy is like this running thing in this yes. town where no one yeah. seems to care. Because my first thought is if there's a beast running loose, why is your dog outside too? Like, yeah. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Which, obviously, she loves Baxter because she was super oh, yeah. upset. But, but still. Was, but I will say, so we've got two main actresses. Uh, Ginger, played by Catherine Isabel, is the older sister. Uh, she's been in a lot of stuff. She's been in Snow Day, American Mary, bad, recently Bad Times at the El Royale, the Hannibal series. Uh, she was a guest star on Supernatural, and she's in the TV show The Order, which I haven't seen, but I think it is currently still going. And then we've got Bridget, who is supposed to be 15, played by Emily Perkins, who, like, she was, like, the gothy receptionist uh, in Juno, by mm-hmm. the way. Would you like clinic. a free condom? They're poison berries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's her! Um, she was also in In Cold Blood. Um, she was, Britt said this last week, but she was on um, Dead Like Me. She was a guest star on Dead Like Me. Um, and she's been on One Calls the Heart. Or was it the oh, other? Oh, she was. Or was it Catherine? She, I would say her, arguably one of her biggest roles is she was Young Bev Marsh in the It miniseries, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't know she was Bev. That didn't pull up yeah. when I was looking up her stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but she also was in Supernatural in a much more comedic role where she is like a fangirl of the two boys. And she, mm-hmm. it looks like, I watched a couple scenes of her. It's very funny. Becky, I think is her name. And she keeps like stalking them. But, like, it seems, like, harmlessly stalking them. Like, she doesn't mean to... I don't know if it escalates, but... So, like, she just, like, shows up all the time. And she's, like... There's another guy that seems to have a crush on her, but she is, like, Hi, Sam and Dean! Um, it was pretty funny. And she... They both seem like they still really like this movie, and they still, like, are really appreciative of their fans. Because they... It was a, the 20-year anniversary, and they hadn't seen each other in, like, 10 years. But they both got on Skype and, like, did a bunch of interviews together. And they're still like, we miss each other. Um, I will say it was very important to get these two actresses because apparently it took them, like, six months to find them. And they happened to audition on the exact same day. And they were yeah. both, like... They'd both done movies before and TV shows. Like, they are both pretty experienced, but they are both very young. I don't think either one of them had been, like, the, like, the big lead role yet, really. So this was, like, their first, like, big role, and they both, like, there's a lot of maturity to their performances, and they both were super young when they did this movie, so I think that's so interesting with them. There's a maturity, but there's also, like, an apathy, like you said. Like, they're very, 
90s i i use my daria mug tonight that says go away because they are very very much that sentiment of the late 90s early 2000s where fuck you and everybody else and also you probably saw this but when karen the scriptwriter, saw them and like saw their performances she's like oh my god that's exactly how i envisioned Bridget Aww. and uh, Ginger to be. So she was very pleased with them. Um, another interesting thing is that um, you probably saw this as well. So even though Catherine is playing Ginger, who's the older sister, Emily, who's Bridget, is actually four years older than her. So yeah, um, yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But um, yeah, they got really lucky with this casting because they they have great chemistry and they play off each other really well. And they look really similar. Their uh, profiles, their noses are very similar, which I think is like a thing that can really sell you as siblings. Is it like your profile looks similar? Because most siblings don't look exactly the same, but they'll have a couple features that look very similar. So we we learned that the sisters are a obsessed with death and b obsessed with either leaving their small town or killing themselves. And they literally say Ginger goes to uh, Bridget is like, out by 16 or dead on the scene, but together forever. And Bridget is very reluctant because she's like, we made that suicide pact when we were like eight. Obviously, Ginger controls Bridget. It's pretty obvious. And I'm getting a Jennifer's body vibe with the toxic friendship, but this is a toxic familial relationship where Ginger bullies Bridget and Bridget loves her sister and so she kind of goes along with it but Bridget is starting to disagree with Ginger's rationale even though they're joined at the hip and their parents uh their mom's name is Pamela uh who was uh Mrs. Kensington in Austin Powers she was in Lost in Space she's on Two and a Half Men and she's in one of my absolute favorite guilty pleasure romantic comedies, The Mirror Has Two Faces. She's hilarious in it. Um, and then their dad's played by John Bourgeois, who's done a lot of TV, but he's been in Shit's Creek, which is what I was like, oh, Shit's Creek. But he's done a lot of, like, one-off guest spots, so he's pretty consistent. Um, but basically, we learned that their, um, their hobby is to take pictures of their own faked deaths. And we have this montage over the credits of them, like, in various positions of postmortem. And it's very darkly comedic. Like, they write notes like, Mom, please bury me in this dress. And they're actually making a school project out of it. And uh, we also learn from their parents that they're basically codependent, and their parents are like, it's not healthy anymore, y'all. By the way, the squeaking is puppies, so don't worry. No one's getting beat up. Oh, it's no. cool. It's a happy noise. Um, do you want to do you want to go a little bit? Because I feel like I've talked a lot. Um. So no, I think you. I think you said it right. When the sisters are very uh, codependent on each other, they're even in the same grade because Bridget's yes. very smart. She's fifteen, but she jumped ahead a year. But so, do you think Ginger made her jump ahead? That's the thing. Because Ginger's very much like when they're asked about the ages. Oh, because neither one of them have hit puberty yet either. Their mom makes this big deal about how they haven't had their periods yet. And, like, I feel like Ginger was like, Bridget, you can skip a grade, right? Like, I feel like that happened. Like, but Ginger yeah. wasn't willing to fail a grade to be in the same grade as Bridget. She was going to make Bridget 
skip a grade to be with her. Like, I feel like... And Bridget's smart, but still. She is. That's yeah. socially very weird. Because it's not like, oh, they just happen to be in the same grade. No, they're so codependent, they have to be in the same grade. Yeah. It's, and It's kind of scary. And that does make sense. So, um... But, yeah, so you see them. Um, they actually get in trouble for their suicide project, which is funny because it's like the kids love it. Their peers love it. And um, the boys even make a joke about, like, can we see the pictures of Ginger again? So we obviously know mm-hmm. that even though Ginger doesn't want the attention, she is definitely the sex more the sexy of the two. Um, and she gets a lot of unwanted attention from boys. But they do get in trouble for this project. The teacher does not approve of it. Um and the next thing you see them at like a gym class and they're joking about this girl named Trina Sinclair and how Trina Sinclair, I think they have like a g- game between the two of them. Like, guess how that person would die or guess how that person yeah. would commit suicide. And so one of Trina's friends overhears it um, and mm-hmm. it prompts Trina to knock Bridget over. And when she does, she gets knocked over on top of one of the poor dead dogs at the beach that Bailey Downs has gotten. Which begged me, I'm like, no one noticed this dead dog just on this field. Right? And that was that was one of the things in the movie That's that was fucked like... fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, like, this dead, dead dog is just on the field. Yeah, but, and Trina's like, she's not like the worst mean girl. Like, she's not a total, I mean, obviously she's a bitch, but... She waits until they say something. Like, she retaliates. I feel like if this was, like, a Disney Channel movie, like, remember, like, the Princess Diaries, how they made Lana be, like, super just, like, I hate Mia from Thermopolis for no reason. Like, she was just a bitch. But, like, this movie's like, well, at least they said something shitty about her being murdered before, yeah, like, she and- retaliated. Oh. And real quick, uh, Trina is played by Danielle Hampton, uh, Mm -hmm. who was a regular cast member on the Canadian soap opera Paradise Falls, which is, to my understanding, a big Canadian soap opera. She was also in the TV series uh, Metropia, which I I haven't seen either of those two, but she she had pretty big roles on both series. So I didn't want to mention her. It seems like maybe she's more retired now, because I didn't see a lot of recent things, which, or maybe she just, sometimes people just get burned out. The guy that played Joffrey. It just doesn't even act anymore. He, like, runs an acting workshop, but he's just like, um, I'm done. He's probably made enough money to be very comfortable, too. I hope so, because that kid was really good. Um, yeah. But, so, of course, the girls want to retaliate back. Because, oh, and we also see Jason, who's, like, a shithead, um, who's played by Jesse Moss, who's been in a lot of stuff. His face was really familiar to me. Uh, he was in Tucker and Dale versus Evil, The Uninvited, which I don't know if you've seen The Uninvited, but I saw it in college, and it's surprisingly solid. You know what? But it's based off the Korean film A Tale of Two Sisters, which is probably one which of the best Which is on my list, and I haven't me. watched it yet. It's, it's so on my good. list. It's on our list, too. It's so good. Yes. Oh, we should watch them both together and compare and contrast. And he was also on the TV series The Hollow, which I always had recommended to me, but it was like ABC Family or freeform or whatever it is now um and i haven't actually watched it but he's the one saying all the nasty things about ginger and how oh i bet she'd be easy to bang basically and you're like you're gross and ginger flips him the bird which is pretty funny um ginger's all attitude by the way i'll talk um but you know she does it's one of those like I can say whatever i want to about my sibling but you can't and that's why she checks trina and they're like, oh, you know what? Let's make Trina think that her beloved dog has been eaten by 
the Beast of Bailey Downs. And they decide to kidnap. They're not really going to kill the dog. They're going to kidnap the dog. Um, just so she freaks out. So they're going to Trina's house. And they're in this park. And they find an already killed dog. Which I don't. According to all the IMDb notes. I don't think that was supposed to be Trina's dog. That's just like no. a random dog. But they're well, like, because you oh. see Trina's dog afterwards. Yes, yes. So, um, but also IMDb is like, his fate is yet to be determined. We're not really sure what happened to Trina's dog, because he does eventually disappear later on. Um, but so they, they find a carcass of a dog, which is very sad, and they're like, oh, let's pick up... This. I was like, oh, this is too far. Like, oh, we'll use the, le- the leg or whatever, and we'll just leave it in her backyard so she'll, like, really think he's dead. And I was like, that's... Don't touch a dead dog. That's fucked up. But um, they drop the dog, like, oh, this is disgusting. And uh, Bridget tells Ginger that she's got some blood on her. And she looks down, and it's coming down her leg. And she's like, oh, shit. And then Bridget's like, Ginger, you got the curse. So one of them finally hit puberty. Which I will say, I hit puberty much earlier than a lot of people in my friend group. But, like, 15 and 16 is pretty late to hit puberty. From yeah. what I remember. I feel like everyone hit it by like 13 or 14. That Of my friends. Most people it was yeah. like between 10 and 12. But I don't know. Everybody's different. It doesn't mean anything. If you start it late or start it early necessarily. It just means you get you get to not have PMS longer. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah. So as they're looking at the dog. And realizing that Ginger just had her period. Um. They hear something, and they look, and Ginger is, like, mercilessly attacked by the Beast of Bailey Downs. And she's, like, whisked away, and Bridget is freaking out. And she's like, but how do you help her? And then she's, like, thrown on top of Bridget. And she's like, oh, my God, he's right behind me. And then it, like, rips her back off. And so Bridget starts beating him up with her camera because it's the only weapon she has. And she ends up snapping a picture of him. Um, And they finally start running through the woods and they run towards the street and the local uh pot dealer sam miller played by chris lemke lemchi um who is a very classic 90s cute boy um he hits the beast with his giant ban and like runs it over and kills it and ginger is super 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 hurt but the t- by the time they get home, she's starting to feel a lot better, and all of her wounds are mysteriously healing. And you're like, oh, no, that's not good. And she begs Bridget, like, please do not, like, tell mom. Or she, of course, she calls her mom Pam, because she's not going to call her mom. And, like, Bridget is, like, crying and freaking out, because she's like, I thought you were going to die. And I think that's a nice line, because, like, they always joke about killing themselves. Well, they're serious in teenage brains but like they they're always talking about death in this abstract you know and so now they're like oh like i really don't want you to die like i don't want to die like kind of thing and i think that's like a good line because bridget i think it kind of shakes some sense into her where she's like yeah i don't think i really want to do that i think i want to keep on living which is i think a bit of a turning point for bridget because after this moment soon after they kind of start diverging um, yeah. Please, 
Please continue. Did you write anything down for Sam Miller's actor? Because yeah, yeah. So uh, he actually his big role is that he played uh, Ian McKinley in Final Destination Three, which is of course the roller coaster Final Destination. Oh yes. Uh, uh, he was in time. Uh, I I have never seen this movie, but I thought it sounded interesting. He was in a movie called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Undead. Oh, uh, yeah. A twist. The Frankenstein Theory, they're watching, and he was in a show called My Guide to Becoming a Rockstar, and most recently, he was in a couple episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so, yeah, Ooh. so he's still doing some things. He's still doing Good his for things. him. So, yeah. He, he reminds me of some other actor, and I cannot place the other actor, but I do love that his character is like, yes, he's like, quote-unquote, a stoner. And again, this is in the late 90s, early 2000s, so, like, yeah, pot's illegal. I don't know if it was illegal in Canada, but I know it was illegal in the U.S. back then. That was a huge thing. Dare was all over the fucking place, and people were like, don't smoke the devil's lettuce. But I like that his character is not stupid, because most of the time you have a quote-unquote stoner character, they are always high, and they are always, like, shaggy and scooby. Like, they're idiots. And they're lovable, but they're just morons. It's not funny, but I feel like that was a trope they had in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I like that they're not, they're just like they're breaking the tropes of, like, female characters, they're not just going to make him, like, be in a box of, like, well, you're a stoner character, so you can't be smart. He even, like, after he hits the beast, he throws his joint away because he's just like, oh, fuck. So. And interesting enough, the beast does not change back after it was hit. So yeah. I feel like that should be noted, too. Yeah, which you can tell that it's not just a wolf because it has very long back legs that almost look mm-hmm. human, but it also looks like, it looks very much like the American werewolf in London werewolf, which was a huge inspiration for this movie because yeah. uh, the director says that that is, his abs- that is the best werewolf movie in his opinion. It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's, it's great. And it's funny. Like there's yeah, a lot of dark is. humor, which I enjoy. I love it. So, the next, it's probably the next day. So, it is cause for concern that she was mauled by a creature. And, of course, she's healed so fast. So, um, Ginger, though, they go get some tampons. And um, it's Jason, I believe, <laughs> is the guy that he's like, oh, I know. I have some sisters. I'll know what to take the edge off. So, she does decide to get some hot, to get high with some guys partially to help alleviate some of those period pains. And also other reasons. Probably this is like the turning point that it ends up describing that Ginger does have a craving for sex after she's bitten, which, once again, we got that fine metaphor for puberty. Um, But when she is kicked out of Sam's van with the other guys, Trina's dog reacts violently to Ginger. Um, Mm -hmm. So we, we, we know that something is off. And then later in the bathroom, hair starts growing out of her scars. And that's yeah. when Bridget, like, notes, she notes to Ginger, she's like, you're bitten on full moon. So they do what any reasonable 15, 16-year-old would do, and they go see the school nurse. Um, it tracks. I mean, who else do you go see? <laughs> it's just so funny. I mean, um, but the nurse but is she, hilarious. That woman's hilarious. Yeah. And she just basically explains to them, like, you know, well, this is natural, and Bridget literally's like, what about hair that wasn't there before in pain? And she's like, perfectly natural. Because, of course, the poor nurse just thinks she's talking about periods. Uh, so now, she is, does check yeah. that the blood is period blood. Like, she, yeah. she does her due diligence. She's like, nope, that's just from period. But it, it is freaky the first time. 
Um, yeah. But she's really into over-explaining everything. And I really like this next scene, even though I feel kind of bad for Bridget. So, while yeah. doing laundry, their mom finds blood all over Ginger pan- Ginger's panties. And so, she's like, she knows that Ginger started her period. And so, her mom's trying to be sweet. And, you know, she bakes Ginger's favorite cake. And she's like, her, her little girl's a woman. And Ginger just freaks the fuck out on Bridget. And it's like, why did you tell her? And it's like... You know that's such a teenager thing to do is put the blame on someone else versus Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, I put my bloody panties in the laundry. Yeah, just do your own laundry, honey. Also, okay, I'm sorry. Like, my family did not bake a cake when we got our period. It was just, it's just awkward. Puberty sucks. It does. Siblings are mean to each other because you're in close proximity. That's very true. And it's all that's true. Even with... Not really the period thing. That's not true at brothers, but it's very right. true that brothers are still mean and they don't yeah. understand. Oh, me and what's my brother fought too. Just not about period oh, yeah. stuff. Just not about periods. Um, but uh, Ginger and Bridget, this sparks the argument between the two, whether it's puberty or whether Ginger's turning into a werewolf. Uh, by the way, it's both. Yeah. Um, but uh, so Ginger ends up saying, which is the bitchy normal thing to say is that Brid- mm-hmm. Bridget's jealous of her. She's like, you're just jealous right. of me. And right. so Ginger starts becoming more aggressive, and she starts caring more about her appearance, which she yeah. she's which, a beautiful girl, but this is the tripping point. I think there's a little jealousy on both sides, but that's yeah. natural, and it's okay to be jealous as long as you work through it healthily, as long as you don't lash out at the other person. You know, but because it's natural, I'm not saying, like, jealousy is never something that's attractive or good, but, like, it's okay if you're having those feelings as long as you process them healthily. Ginger is not processing them healthily. No. And uh, she gets these really cool, like, white highlights in her hair, which literally, as I was getting ready, I was like, dang it, I should have gotten, like, one really bleached highlight. Sorry. But, I uh, like, she she starts dressing all cute and stuff. Oh, yeah. But... Drug dealer Sam ends up tracking down. This is actually mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes. So it's like him and Bridget end up coming together because he knows he knows Bridget knows something and he knows what he hit wasn't just an animal. And he mentions yeah. that the thing he hit, he's like, it wasn't a normal furry animal because it had a fucking human uncircumcised yeah. dick, which is like he's one of like, my favorites. Yeah. He's also like, well, officer looked like a lycanthrope to me, sir, to Bridget. Yes. Yes. We go into the next scene where Bridget discovers Ginger is growing a tail. So, yeah. like, she's pretty like, funny. And yeah. again, everything was a practical effect, and it took them yeah. like seven hours to get Ginger into full werewolf makeup and two hours to get out of it. So, that's, that's a lot. That's a big toll on that actress. Yeah. Um, I think it looks good, especially because it was very low budget. I do like that Sam, Sam is genuinely wants to help Bridget and Ginger. Now, Bridget does go to Sam and says, hey, I got bit by the werewolf because she doesn't want to tattle on her sister. And she doesn't want her sister to know that she's telling someone, but she knows she needs help. And they kind of look up cures together. And Ginger's really pissed because she sees her later on. She sees them talking and she automatically assumes that Sam is into Bridget in a sexual way. Because he's much older. He's a couple years older than them. I think he's, like, a senior and they're, like, sophomores, I want to say. Yeah. Um, so he's like, hey, Wolfsbane is similar to Monk's Hood, which is a real plant that is 
around here, but it's perennial, so it's not growing right now. However, let's try a silver belly ring, which I thought was funny. So they yeah. tried it. So she's like, okay, I'll put it on with my sister. And so she pierces Ginger with a silver ring to try to stave off it. But first, she, I think something else happens with Ginger. Yeah, she does. So she uh, has unprotective sex with Jason. Um, and Very she also aggressively, ins- too. Like, she yes. borderline assaults him. Oh, yeah. And she also ends up killing Norman, who is her next-door neighbor's dog. So yes, Ginger has Norman. taken up the mantle of killing dogs, so... Which is, like, to me, it was always weird that werewolves are killing dogs. Because I'm like, aren't they your brethren or whatever? Or your sisterin? Like, yeah. why would you kill a dog? Like, wouldn't you kill humans? I don't know. I guess because the dogs don't trust them. But to me, I would walk the other way, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, so Jason is now having issues. Because apparently, if you have sex with somebody who is a lycanthrope, it's like a STD. So there's another layer upon layer of it. Um, and Ginger's getting way more, even more aggressive. And then she also beats up Trina. And um, what, after she has unprotected sex with Jason, she comes back to Bridget and she's like, I thought I had this hunger and I thought it was for sex, but it actually is just to rip things apart. And that's after she kills Norman. So... Ginger, I mean, Bridget takes Ginger to Sam, which is when Ginger, like, is very jealously accusative of Sam hitting on her baby sister. Um, And Sam's like, after she leaves, she's like, "Uh, yeah, I don't feel that way about you, Bridget. And, like, Bridget is like, you can tell she's a little disappointed, but she's also like, I am too fucking busy to deal with feelings. Yeah. So, like, she doesn't really, I don't think she's quite there yet. Um, As far as, like, romance like she's like i that's not in the forefront of my brain yet um and jason i think jason's transformation is pretty funny it's like very darkly funny but he goes to the bathroom and starts peeing blood and he's like freaking out and he runs up to bridget he's like what the fuck did your sister do to me and Bridget's yeah. like, i don't fucking know like that's the other thing is like when you have a sibling and you go to the same school like people will like ask you what the fuck is wrong with your sibling if they ever do anything untoward and you're like i'm not them please please stop blaming me yes and that's what um we also have so trina ends up coming to the girls' houses and confronting bridget about ginger stealing her dog and mm-hmm. so ginger peers out of nowhere drags trina inside the house and and searing argument happens where trina accidentally in the scuffle hits her head and dies so um Bridget distracts her mother by um, by asking what men want because basically the parents come home and like they're pretending to stage a suicide. So Trina's blood's all over the floor, yeah. but they're pretending it's one of their fake suicides. And then they put the girl's body in a meat locker, but before their mom can even open it up, she's like, "What do men want?" And her mom's like, "I'm so glad you asked me because <laughs> their mom their mom just wants to be involved in their life so bad." And they shut she's her out sweet. every turn. Yeah, she's sweet, so but she's sad. like typical suburban, like overly motherly mother. But also, they're pushing her away the whole time. So you're like, you feel so bad for her because she wants to be in her kids' lives and she wants to help, but they're just very angsty. But that's you know, it's on par for the course. Um, exactly. And they do eventually put Trina in their tool shed out back. But they lose a couple of fingers on the way. 
They do. Absolutely. And so, and Katie was mentioning how she did take um, Ginger to Sam. And so, and then, oh, oh my gosh, I forgot about this. So, so... They're the it's like the next night because basically Bridget and Ginger have this talk where it's like mm-hmm. you can't we need to make mom think you're going to school but you can't go to school because obviously you're 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 becoming insatiable you're killing people you're violent we need to figure right. out something but mom ends up being like hey we know you skipped school and the police are asking about this girl you had a fight with that's now missing and so we see Ginger for the first time self harm she tries to cut off her own tail. And she admits she's scared of everything. And so the next morning, Bridget locks Ginger in the bathroom. And she promises, she's like, I'm going to try to find the cure. Um, yeah. And they take the monks, the monkswood wolfsbane, and they try to make a cure out monkshood, of it. Monkshood, yeah. M- monkshood wolfsbane, yeah. They try to make a cure out of it, a mix out of it, so they can inject it. And she so finds Sam- it in her mom's floral arrangement, which is hilarious. Yes, and he does, Sam does tell Bridget, like, hey, I know this is for Ginger. So he's like, I know it's for her. Yeah. Um, and she tries to go back home to give it Ginger and realizes that, hey, Ginger's escaped the bathroom. Oh, but first she <laughs> runs into Jason. Or I guess next <laughs> she runs into Jason on the way to the school. And Jason's, like, literally about to kill a child. And yeah. it's Halloween, so the kid's, like, in a puppy outfit. Which I was like, is it because he's dressed as a dog or is he just an asshole? And so Bridget uses the serum on Jason, who hasn't fully transformed yet, we have to say. He hasn't fully transformed, so. Um, and it does work. Like, he, he stops being so fucking crazy. And she's like, oh, it works, and it's not going to kill her. This is awesome. So she goes back to the school to go get Ginger because she's got more of the serum at the house. And uh, Ginger shows up to the school flashes a bunch of men she's like hey who's going to the greenhouse party which the greenhouse is where sam lives and i think it's where he grows his merchandise and so he is throwing a halloween party that night and she's like hey boys are you going to the greenhouse and flashes them and their teacher who in the beginning sent them to the counselor after their death video um was like bridget come look at i mean ginger come to my office and so when Bridget finally gets there, she goes to the office and, like, the, the teacher is, like, just fucking dead. Like, it's super gruesome. And she goes into the hallway. She's like, Ginger, oh, fuck, where is she? And the poor janitor. Yeah. Who's, like, this sweet elderly man is, like, his, like, throat is ripped out. And there's just blood gushing out. And Ginger's just, like, murdering him in front of Bridget. And Bridget's like, oh, my fucking God. Because up until then, she'd only murdered animals. But now she's got two body, two lives on her hands. Yeah, Insane. and she and she admits, like, Bridget calls out Ginger for liking to kill her. Like, for killing. Like, she's like, you like this. Yeah. You like killing. And Ginger's like, yeah, I actually do. And they fight, yeah. and Ginger just makes all these like weird comments about like turning Bridget, and like we're not even really we're not even really related anymore because yeah. she's she's commenting on the changes that are happening there. Uh, and meanwhile, their mother finds Trina's body in yeah. the tool shed. So she finds some, the fingers first, and like tells her husband like, "Oh, they're fake. It's from the girls," and like puts them in a Tupperware container. <laughs> Which I found very interesting. So she picks up Bridget, because Ginger's, like, run away, and Bridget's trying to find her. And she picks her up, and she's like, hey, I found the dead body. 
let's all run away and leave your father behind because he's just going to blame me anyway. He said, I was like, damn, that's some high stakes, girl. Like, oh, my God. Like, holy shit. And, like, their dad isn't, like, a jerk. He's not in a lot of the movie, but, like, he doesn't seem like a jerk. He seems maybe clueless, but he doesn't seem like a jerky guy. Yeah. But they go to the – so Bridget's mom drops her off at the greenhouse, and Ginger is – like, her hair is now completely white, and she's starting to look more like she's got, like, a snout on her face, and her eyes are very, like, wolfy. And her her teeth are very sharp, but not quite. She doesn't quite look like a wolf yet. She still mostly looks like a human. And she kind of stalks to the party and goes to Sam. And I'm pretty sure she wants to kill him, but she's decided to, like, seduce him first to kind of rub it in Bridget's face because she's pretty sure Bridget and Sam like each other, which I think they like each other a little bit. But I oh, also yeah. think he's like, you're much younger than me, and I don't want to get in the middle of this sisterly stuff yet. I think the way that when she walks in on Ginger trying to seduce Sam is like, it's so telling. Because she gets like, she's pissed the whole movie at Ginger. But this was like, this was like irate. Yeah. At this point. But also she doesn't want her to create another werewolf too. It's, it's I mean, Bridget's much more practical than Ginger is. Yeah. But still, emotions get in there sometimes, too. Yeah. And I think I think there is a practicality to it, absolutely. But I think she's also very upset. Because even if she's in denial, she does like Sam, I think. Yeah. Um, and she actually, Bridget infects herself by cutting both her and Ginger's hands open and mm-hmm. putting their hands together. So the idea is she wants to take Ginger back to their home and cure her. And Sam hits Ginger in the head with a shovel and Bridget's like... Know. Yeah, he doesn't know. He's just like, oh my god, you're fucking crazy. You just infected yourself. Um, yeah. Uh, but they have more at home, and they, they need to take her home. And so, yeah. a poor mom. I will say this as for the mom's fate, because I found out it was wrapped up in a deleted scene. I don't know if you saw this. So, mom goes okay. back in the party trying to find the girls. And she can't find them. But later, she uh, she takes the fall for killing Trina. Like she purposely, Aww. she tells she tells the police that she was the one that killed Trina. What a good mom! Yeah. So and they they we as the audience start to see this happening in the back of like the trunk that Ginger is fully transforming, and so yeah. they go they go to open like the trunk, and she she's loose in the house, and it's like oh my god, she's loose in the house. And so they end up going, um, they get the monk's hood, and they find mm-hmm. shelter in a pantry, and they attempt to make the cure. And I did want to mention this, too, because um, Sam does bring up, he asks Bridget, he's like, you know what, how about we inject you with this and we get out of here? And Bridget, yeah. despite everything, still loves her sister so much that her first priority is saving her sister. And yeah. turns out there was a kiss scene here. There was a kiss between the two of them that didn't make it past storyboard. So, um, yeah, that was, I feel like yeah. that's probably a smart choice mm-hmm. if you want it to be more focused on the sister's relationship. Yeah. Although it would have been earned here, mm-hmm. I feel like. I don't think Bridget or Sam would have taken that risk. I think they're both more like, hey, we need to do this thing. Yeah. Like, I feel like it would have been awkward. But I feel like it could, it could have been earned. But I feel like this brings it more towards the sisters. And yeah. it's nice to not have a love story in a story that's about two sisters and not about 
It's not really about a romance, so. Yeah, and I liked it, too. I yeah. agreed with that. I think that was yeah. a smart choice. So, yeah. I just I just thought it was interesting that it was originally written and then cut. Um, but <laughs> what does happen is that Sam agrees to give the shot if Bridget leads Ginger. Like, if Bridget can distract Ginger and, like, be the bait, then he'll give yeah. Ginger the shot. Uh, it doesn't happen that way. Because as soon no. as he tries to go out the door, Ginger attacks him. And it's bloody and it's scary there's just blood like seeping in under the door of the pantry and bridget is like hiding that makes pretty like desperate it's really kind of scary it's almost like like an opening to like scream but like this is the ending so you're like i thought this would be more like you know maybe they'd win but um bridget eventually comes out of the pantry and like sam's still alive but dying and which is really sad because you can hear him like gasping and she's trying to so she to kind of try to fool ginger and i think in bridget's mind she thinks that because sam's alive there's still maybe some kind of chance of him living so she pretend she tries to drink sam's blood to appease ginger and it's interesting because ginger is fully transformed like she looks like a werewolf a, a bet with human breasts but still a werewolf And um, she's still trying to please her, um, but she can't do it. She's like, I can't do this. I can't be what you want me to be. And Ginger still gets mad. Even her werewolf form gets mad enough to deliver the final blow to Sam. She, like, rips into his throat and kills him. So it's literally just, yeah, it's just the two sisters at this point. Yeah, and they fittingly go to their basement bedroom that they share and, uh, it's kind of a cat and mouse game. Yeah. And eventually, Bridget has the, the cure in one hand and a knife in the other for protection. Because she's like, I, there's one point where they're like fight fighting and she's like, I'm not going to die in this room with you. Yes. And yes. I think that's, you know, Bridget choosing life. Choosing yeah. to go on and and cutting that toxic relationship. So... Eventually, Ginger lunges at Bridget to actually attack her, and she falls on the knife. And as she's dying, this is very sad. As she's dying, Bridget just kind of, like, weeps on her body as she dies. And it's very sad, and it's it's kind of touching. Um, But there's, like, a montage of their little, like, you know, it's, like, they're right under, like, all their pictures and stuff that they took together. And... It's sad. But I do, like, I feel like a darker script would have Bridget, like, die with her sister. But I like that they're just like, no, she's just going to let her sister go. Yeah. It's a much well, better ending. And the serum, so, it's noteworthy that the serum remains unused. So, we don't mm-hmm. see, we don't see um, Bridget take the serum. And I was, now I can spoil this. So, when I saw this movie, I saw this movie... So this was the third time I saw this movie. The second time I saw it a couple months ago. First time I was probably like 12 or 13. And the mm-hmm. only thing I remembered from this movie was this final scene. Of her laying across her dead sister. It's sad. That's the only thing. Out of all the things in this movie, that was the thing that stuck the most with me as a kid. It's, it's sad, but it's also very touching. Like, yeah. honestly, like, not since Little Women have I, Little Women have I seen such a touching sisterly, like, death scene. It's terrible. Um, but it's sad, and I will say, so, spoilers for the second movie, I did read a little bit into that. In the second movie, Bridget does start using the serum, 
But apparently Ginger, like, haunts her as a ghost, which I find hilarious. Um, and she basically is like, it's only going to, like, I guess it's not a cure-cure. It's going to slow down the progression. So I guess the second movie is about Bridget's trying to fight becoming a werewolf. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Um, and I'm glad they brought both actresses back. And it seems like they brought most of the cast and crew back for the sequel and prequel that they filmed back to back. Um, but I like this movie. I find that it has a lot of like, like interesting statements, especially like, again, a little ahead of its time. It's also a little dated. I mean, that's probably the negative. I, I like it cause it's nostalgic, but it is very much a product of its time with all the angstiness and, like, and think about it, like, it was post-Columbine, pre-9-11. There was a very nihilistic theme among a lot of people, a lot of young people, because it was scary. Like, now it's much more, like, we, it's happened more often, unfortunately, since then. But, like, that was, like, a turning point. Like, you thought high school was, like, safe, and it's not. And so, like, I think a lot of people that were teenagers in the late 90s got really nihilistic and you know because and thought more about death and stuff and honestly like it was in pop culture a lot grunge and goth were very big too still we were moving into emo kids we weren't quite there yet um but i don't know do you what is is there anything like that was like your favorite part brett or what was your thoughts at the end of the movie um, I thought it was, I thought it was sad. Um, I, I, I did kind of like, they took a lot of risk with this movie. Uh, cause one, they did a werewolf movie that, um, you, you know, it's very, very typical where it's like, hey, this is a werewolf movie. And I'm not, I know Stephanie, you're out there. I know you love werewolf movies. I'm not <laughs> talking bad about werewolf movies. Um, no. but a lot of werewolf movies, we have this idea of like, oh, I was attacked by an animal. And then, oh, this first full moon happens and I change. Oh my God, what do I do before the second full moon? You know, or just like, yeah. so we see these werewolf movies take course over like a, maybe a couple months. Um, yeah. And this one was very quick. Um, there are some kind of different mythologies there. Like once you, in this, in this idea of werewolf, once you change into a werewolf, there's no changing back. So you, you don't change back. So once Ginger's the ginger wolf, she's going to always be this ginger wolf. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I kind of like that. It was very bittersweet. Um, I liked it for the eye, the eyes of two sisters. I thought that was very unique. We don't mm-hmm. see that a lot in to- storytelling. We usually see things. Um, there are some horror movies where the sibling, sibling relationship is at the front. But usually we see relationships, dynamics between friends or lovers. Um, yeah. So it was kind of interesting to get the sibling mix in there. Also, um, yeah. the puberty angle I feel like it's so much more fitting to have a woman turn into a werewolf because I'm sorry, dudes, women's puberty is way bloodier and grosser than men's puberty. I know you guys have shit to deal with too, but I, I do feel like female biological females go through such a physical change and it's bloody and kind of disgusting. Um, I think this is such a great allegory for it. And the script I, is really smart. Like, yeah, I'm surprised more, like, and also, oh, and they said something about when they were writing the script, they were, like, talking about how, like, periods sync up with the lunar cycle, which is true. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's why when people are like, 
Like, I don't buy into everything theoretical about crystals and poles and astrology. Like, I do, like, read into that stuff. But I take it all with a grain of salt. However, the moon does control when your period happens to a degree. Like, the gravitational pull. So who's to say, like, where the planets align doesn't affect how you, you know, think during a certain point. But I do think that there is a lot of similarities between traditional werewolf legend and female puberty, and I do think that this... I'm surprised it hasn't been done before. Like, they yeah. always seem to have women turn into, like, cat people because cats are supposed to be so much more feminine. And, I mean, like, I don't disagree with that because there is, like, a slink to the way that cats walk and stuff, and I feel like that's a traditional feminist yeah. ideal. But, like, werewolves turning into a wolf during the lunar cycle, I was like, yeah, why hasn't someone thought of this before? So I love yeah. that they found this angle to work Yeah, this. and you would think it would be a common one because a lot of times when people, yeah. when we talk about movie monsters, like even vampires, vampires are definitely a metaphor for sexuality. Like, yes. in every sense of the manner. And we have so many sexy vampire movies. So it's interesting that we don't have more puberty werewolf movies. That should be like yes. its own subgenre. Um, I guess, I guess yeah. Twilight hits on it with the werewolves in Twilight because it is, like, a puberty thing. Yeah. Because, like, uh, Jacob, like, goes through puberty in the middle of the series. So at least they touch on it. But, again, it's mostly male-centric, and I find it, like, so much more fitting for women, and I feel like this movie really hits that really well, and I like that about this movie. And I will yeah. say, like, it is a 90s, 2000s. It was, it was filmed in 99 released in 2000 this is why i say late 90s is definitely the vibe because it was started the writing process started in 1995 so like it is that vibe i do think there's some things that maybe a modern audience would be like oh what is this but i feel like it still translates pretty well yeah i I mean again again we both have the view of through the glasses of nostalgia because like we both were kids in the 90s now we were younger than these kids but still i feel like i don't know i'm curious how somebody who was not alive in the 90s would feel about this movie yeah watching it now um was there anything like you didn't like about the movie um, nothing that I didn't like. I will say, I, I think, I think it's a pro and con. I don't really find Ginger or Bridget all that likable. Um, right. but I will say that's also your average teenager. Um, I, I don't think a lot of teenagers are very likable at that stage in their no. life. So I feel like they're very well written mm-hmm. in that respect. And that even though they're not likable, you still grow to care about them over the yeah. course of the movie. Like, if that it, makes sense. It does. It reminds me yeah. of book six of Harry Potter. I absolutely hated Harry's inner monologue because... But then, like, when I read it when I was older and more removed from being a teenager, I was like, oh, because he's a punk 16-year-old. No wonder he's so annoying. Yeah. You know? So I think, like, it's good writing. I also, like... I meant to say this in the pros, but, like, it's, it's a very atmospheric movie for Halloween because, like, everything's very autumnal the the finales during Halloween. I mean, it's not like all Halloween, but also werewolves are a very classic Halloween monster. And I like the practical effects mostly hold up. There's a couple points where it's a little eh, but I think it holds up pretty well. 
Um, but I did have a question. Why would the local pot dealer know how to, like, infuse a serum and have syringes? Like, is he also dealing, like, black tar heroin in the back Ooh. of his van? I hope not. But oh, I was like, that's a great question. Why would you? Why would you know how to do this if you you literally just grow pot? Yeah. Maybe maybe he has diversified his portfolio. But I was a little bit confused why he just happened to have a syringe on him. I was like, all right, I, I don't know anything. Um, did you uh, did you have a rating for this movie? I it was it was hard because I wavered between a seven point five and an eight for this one. I think I'm going to lean a little bit more towards the 7.5. Yeah. It's a good movie. Um, Like a lot of movies we tend to take on, it's definitely uh, what we would consider a cult classic now. Um, The characters have great chemistry. I think there's a lot of good acting. Yeah. The two leads are incredible. um, Very believable. Um, But yeah, it's just kind of like, I, I honestly think it's, it's only an hour and 42 minutes, which isn't that long, yeah. but I still felt a little long to me at some point. Yeah. You know, I felt like it I kept a it, little bit. I kept it at a seven because the second time I watched it, it did yeah. feel a little bit long. And I'm not sure exactly what they could have cut, um, but I was just like, it felt a little long. But I like it. I think you should see it at least once. It should be in everybody's horror rep at this point because it is. it was a turning point for females in the genre for like a female centric horror movie i don't think we would have a midsummer or hereditary if ginger snaps hadn't been so popular because it did become really popular everybody knew about ginger snaps i think we have hereditary because of possession but oh that too yeah Yeah. but i don't know if it would have been as female centric but maybe midsummer more but i feel like there's a lot more movies that because you do get the damsel in distress. Even though Sydney Prescott takes her own life in her hands. like she, But she is a bit of a damsel in distress in the first scream. And she kind of has to learn how to fight for herself. Yeah. You know, that's a trope in a lot of 90s and early 2000s movies. And then, like, Sydney now, like, the new, <laughs> the new trailer is like, I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a fucking gun. It's like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You better, yep. girl. Anyways, uh, did you have a Grindhouse Girls rating for this movie? I I did. I uh, rated it F for Force of Nature and Female Adolescence. Okay, okay. I had um I had two. I had rated S for STDs, Sisterly Love, and Sinister Trysts. It's a lot of S's. I didn't realize how many S's I had in there. Um, but I also liked rated T for Tampons, Teenage Angst, and Terrifying Beasts. I like tea. Um, I almost went with the S myself for sisters because, come on, it's sisters. But we did have yeah. a Reddit S last week. I may reorder it, by the way, because I feel okay. like tampons might be better at the end. But, okay. yay. So, rated T. But, yeah, I would. do you recommend this movie, Britt? Oh, yeah, I would, definitely, I would definitely recommend it. Um, I will say this is one of the ones recently that I feel... You could watch it with a group of people, but I think this one may be better to watch with either, like, a friend or two or by yourself. Yeah. I don't think this is really a group movie. No, I feel like, or unless you're a bunch of girls. I hate saying it like that. I mean, maybe, or close friends. Very close friends. I think I agree. Like, I feel like you could watch it, but I feel if you watch it in a big group, anyone who doesn't menstruate, like, I feel like some people will get it and some people will be like, like, short story. I went to see Superbad 
with my best friend Kat in high school. And we saw it in the theaters. And I was still in high school. And she was in college. So we went to a really late movie. And there were a bunch of people that were very drunk that were behind us. And there is... This isn't a spoiler. There's a part where a girl is dancing on Jonah Hill's leg. Yeah. And she gets her period in the middle of dancing with him and leaves a big, like, blood stain on his pants. And then there's another guy who also has a blood stain on his pants. And he's like, we're blood brothers. And it's really funny. And Kat and I laughed at the time. But all the frat boys behind us took two maybe four minutes to understand the joke. It was the next scene, and they said, Blood Brothers? Oh, my God! And I will never forget that. So I feel like there might be moments like that in this movie if you are not a person who menstruates, um, because there is a lot of menstruation humor. But I liked it, and I liked that it, it was very much like the director of Swallow, where, like, this is a man who appreciates women, but he, like... Once he knows that he's not a woman and he's never been through menstruation. And so he needs somebody to help him write that. And so he got the other writer to help him out with that. And I find that very refreshing. And I think that's why this movie comes out much more genuine than I think through a different lens. It would probably feel very disingenuous. And I feel like you could take a lot of cheap shots with this movie if it was handled by different people. So, but, um... So I guess we're going to talk about next week. All right. Which, you know, uh, it's going to be the week of Halloween. And we've both had, I, you know, last year what we did was we both picked five movies that we could cover. And then we picked from each other's list. But this year, because we had the opportunity to have uh, Jake from Clay Zombies on, it, we wanted to do it during Spooptober. So we were like, I guess we won't do that because we wouldn't have enough weeks but we didn't want to leave you guys without a list of movies to stream so we're each going to pick a few movies uh that you can stream and it'll be right in time for halloween so by the time the episode airs um you guys will have some new movies that you can stream for halloween and um yeah so that's kind of what we're gonna do we're just gonna do like a halloween like extravaganza kind of wrap up of spooktober and then we will be here for the first few weeks of November. And then we'll be taking, I think, the second half of November off for Thanksgiving. We might do a Thanksgiving episode. We will have some Christmas content as well. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what we're going to do next week. Was there anything I missed, though, Britt? No, I think that covered everything just about uh, perfectly. So Woo-hoo. sounds good. So with that, I think we're going to say goodnight. Right, Britt? Right. That sounds good. We're going to say goodnight, and we love you guys. Thank you for all of the listens. We actually got, like, double, triple the listens in one week than we usually get. So thank you, guys. Thank you for sharing, commenting, liking, subscribing. Thank you for being here. We wouldn't have a podcast without you guys. Um, And we just love everybody so much. Um, Be safe out there. Uh, Don't get too burnt out. I know I've had my brain wants to fry itself right now, but don't let it happen. Don't give up. Um, It'll be okay. Um, Make sure you get some spoopiness in. uh, Go see a movie safely. And there's more stuff I want to say, but I'm tired, so my brain is stopping. But I love you guys. We love you guys. Um, Make sure you take your vitamins and wash your hands. 
and just and get a vaccine get your flu shot too it's i need to go get mine it's flu shot season as well and uh, just be careful and be good to each other and don't um don't let your sister get bit by a strange creature in the night yep. watch out for your friends especially if you're going to be going to halloween parties like do not leave your friends unattended that is the lesson that i am going to leave uh no man gets left behind or woman or gentle person gets left behind i was like that is my gender neutral term i'm sorry gentle person i like gentle person it's a good one it's a good one um echoing a lot of katie again thanks guys for always listening um liking supporting commenting uh we we appreciate each and every one of you a mental health check i hope you guys are doing okay out there um i want to remind you that this is often the season we start to get into the slaughter half of the year october november december we have three my three favorite holidays and you know three major holidays halloween thanksgiving and christmas back to back to back Mm -hmm. this is a very my three favorite yeah my three favorite um this is a very social time of year i want to remind you all that it is okay to say no Please mm-hmm. put yourself first. Um, you will probably have a lot of people tugging you in all different kinds of directions. Please, mm-hmm. your real, your friends love you. They understand. Sometimes you just feel burnt out. And that's okay. Take some time for yourself. Recharge. Um, I hope you listen to your favorite song today. Or I hope you eat a little something that makes you feel good. For me, coffee always does a little bit good for my mm-hmm. soul first thing in the morning. Um, Get some pumpkin spice latte creamer. That's what yes. I started getting. So I don't have to go to Starbucks every morning. But I still get my PSL because my basic bitch fix. There you go. There you go. And buying creamer from the store is probably a lot more affordable than going to Starbucks every morning. Because I love Starbucks. And it's sugar free. Yes. Also, Dunkin' has really good pumpkin spice lattes. And they're hella cheaper. Yes, that's true. I am a big, big Dunkin' Donuts fan. Mm-hmm. Um but that being said, guys, um, we love you. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for spending um, some small part of your day with us. And as always, we just look forward to seeing you um, next week. Same spoopy time, same spoopy channel. Stay spoopy, y'all. Stay spoopy, Night y'all. Bread. Night, Katie. Bye. Bye. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray edited by katie dale all music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations if you have any questions comments suggestions please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com thanks for listening we'll see you soon